Hi everyone, welcome to Cancer Healing Journey Talks. Myself Shruti Dabke from Community Outreach Team of Zenonco.io and Love Heals Cancer. Cancer Healing Journey Talks helps cancer survivors and caregivers to share their journey with vast number of survivors and caregivers who have traveled or been traveling through this journey. This can inspire and motivate them for their faster recovery as well. Firstly, I would like to introduce today's speaker, Ms. Carla. She is a breast cancer survivor. I am happy that you are here with us today to share your journey with us. Over to you, ma'am. Please start with your introduction. Thank you so much for having me. Well, hi everyone. My name is Carla. I'm 36 years old. I was recently diagnosed in the month of March 2021. Um, yeah, it's been quite a journey, as I call it, the journey in between the journey of life. Um, I was diagnosed on the course of uh, doing a lot of medical testing because I wanted to get pregnant this year. It was a major blunt surprise for me to realize I had cancer and I was almost, uh, I was a stage two limit, stage three. And uh, even though it was really hard to hear the word cancer, it, uh, I realized right away in that moment that it was just supposed to happen and uh, I was just about to receive the biggest lesson in life and I'm just going to learn more about me that I never did in this whole 30 past years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the journey started last year actually when I discovered the lump of my breast. It was the month of June and uh, you know how they all tell women you should do the, the every day to touch your breast. Yeah. But you never do it. You just forget about it. It's like not systematically. Maybe you remember once or twice a year and you're like, oh, you don't do it properly. You don't lay down. You don't really go through it. And I don't remember. Well, I was in a hotel and I was just looking myself in the mirror and I just like, I remember, oh my God, I haven't touched my breasts in forever. And then I just touched them and then I felt something and I'm like, holy fucking shit. Mm. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm, that's <laughs> okay. I, I just went into the bed and I placed myself in the right position and I, I touched it and it was there with a little lump and they're like I freak out of course I went to google I'm like oh my god what is this what is this I call a doctor online I had an online uh, session he told me you don't need to worry right now just make an appointment as soon as you go back to your city and I did that uh, two weeks later. I was uh, like one week later, it was like super fast. I, I called and they gave me like a very, very fast appointment. And then I remember the radiologist just telling me, you're too young, uh, this is nothing. It should be just a cyst because like, yeah, women get this in, when they have their period. And that I was like, I sure like, it's like, mm. it wasn't there before. <laughs> like yeah no no don't worry and then I asked like well should I come back when should I come back like there's a follow-up or something I remember his word telling me don't you worry if it keeps growing so so much that it became so like uh, unbearable for you to have it in the breast or it became painful then you come otherwise don't bother just gonna Mm. stay there or maybe disappear or whatever and you know when a doctor tells you that you just you just believe them yes and you just go home and you keep your life and that's what I did I kept my life and um, it wasn't until the end of the year that I touched it I was like I'm a bit crazy maybe this is getting a bit bigger or something mm-hmm. like that and by the month of February it was bigger but it was not that big as he said and it was not painful at all so I was like well 
am I crazy? I'm maybe overreacting, mm. I don't know. And then I went back to do all the testing for the fertility. And then I told, I told my gynecologist, hey, um, would you mind like checking this? Because I don't know, it doesn't feel right. Like I'm a person who's very in touch with their body. I practice yoga, I practice meditation. And it's something just felt a bit off about it. I was like, mm. can you just check this? Just to be- Right, to be sure. Yeah, to be sure. Mm. That's an, just an echo. It's like, yeah, sure, no worries. And then it was the 22 of March that I went uh, for that echo. And I still remember the face of the radiologist this time, it was a woman. He just told me, are you in a hurry? We would like to do more testing right now. We're preparing another room to do a mammography. I'm like, okay. But I was like, I'm very positive And I'm like really trying to live my life as like, I'm not like about to cry about uh, over the meal that haven't spilled yet. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't say anything wrong. So I'm just going to keep my positive mind. And I'm just going to keep hoping for the best. Even though their faces were like, please don't go. Go to the exam oh, room. They did the mammograph and they're like, we really need you to come tomorrow to take some biopsies. And I could read her faces. They were worried. But it, again, they haven't said anything. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to pollute my mind. I'm just going to keep wishing for the best. And of course you had this uh, little thought uh -huh, and right. like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then that was the first time that the word started appearing in my mind, like cancer, 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 cancer. And you're mm -hmm. like, oop, shut up, shut yeah. up, don't worry. It's not there yet. Um, I went for the biopsy and that was a major test is, I think it's very invasive for a woman, for a woman to be like really they take a piece of your breast and that's part of your womanhood. So, so that really affected me. Um, I live abroad and my family is not with me and I just went like for normal checkups. I went on my own and now I realize that it's a process. Even in that part in the testing, it's a process that you shouldn't be on your own. You should be surrounded and hold by other people. Um, anyway, two days later, I went to my gynecologist to get the results of the fertility. And then he just, shares me with uh, he greets me with well so change of plans we need to do some uh, egg freezing and I'm like what <laughs> yeah um the system is very broken and doctors don't have many times that empathy to really relate to patients and he just mm -hmm. nobody told me anything until he just break the news like you cannot have kids right now you have to freeze your eggs and I'm like do you know anything I may mm -hmm. I don't know can you share the news with me it will be nice it's like there's no conclusive reports but it does look good and i'm like can you speak up please mm -hmm. and then they kept me in this loop for like almost two hours until i went to see another doctor and they finally uh oh he didn't wanted to break the news to me alone and then i had to call someone and in that moment i really felt like okay they don't want to tell me anything because i don't know i have like two days to live or something like that uh -huh. <laughs> it was like the doctors were making this huge thing and I'm like if there is cancer why they just don't say it and mm -hmm. I think it's the first time I realized there's this big word like cancer people mm -hmm. don't say it people are scared of it it has such a negative impact and yes it's a disease but we have like put it so there with this bad negative energy that people don't say it and I think it's even worse when they don't because I was going crazy in my mind when I finally got a friend to sit with me and the doctor finally speak up and he say well 
it's cancer. And I'm like, I was kind of relieved. I was like, oh my God. Oh, thank you for telling me. So I have cancer. So what's next? Like, what kind? Like, uh, mm-hmm. it's too bad. Like, how many days I have to live? <laughs> and he was like, um, well, we need to get the biopsy and this and that. But yeah, normally it's chemo and surgery or surgery and chemo. But then like, like, huh. So I'm not going to die in the next few days. So honestly, it was such good news after all that waiting without knowing. And I think that's, that's very horrible when they just send you home. And I've been in these online communities, like with other women, and they just go and they tell them, it doesn't look good. And now go home for two weeks because we're going to do all the testing and just go and get crazy. It's like, the system is very broken, like in the medical health healthcare mm-hmm. system, general terms. Um, since then, it was a crazy marathon, especially when you're a woman and you're under um, 40 and uh, you haven't had kids, so you want to have more kids. Then it's the fertility issue. Then it's like all the testing. And there was like, I felt that I was running like three marathons because I also didn't want to just to go into the medical normal part. I am, I believe in the alternative healing and I believe mm-hmm. in alternative medicine. And I started- Can you explain uh, a little more about that? On the what? Uh, on just what you said. You said like, uh, alternative something you said na right now. Uh, was, was that a different kind of uh, treatment? Okay, the treatment, uh, they couldn't start the treatment until I freeze my eggs because I'm in the Achha, hospital oh. I don't have any kids yet. Uh-huh. So for me, that was buying me time without the chemo for trying mm-hmm. all my alternative healing so yeah. for the first months i was basically doing all the appointments to free my eggs i was injecting hormones and it was very very tough at the same time i was going to all the mris echoes more biopsies because they took like two more biopsies three more biopsies and going starting to do my own uh, alternative healing path um, I'm very, very lucky. I'm surrounded by amazing therapists here in Barcelona. I started doing bioresonance. I started doing acupuncture. I started doing, um, there is this, uh, I don't know, like it's a new thing that they call here, mm-hmm. biodescodification is basically go like inside and like uh, link the emotions that are, um, related to why you develop certain kind of diseases, especially cancer. So I started this beautiful journey of reconnecting with myself and understanding what was the message that my body was giving me. Like uh-huh. my body. Like signals or something which body gives us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Even like for the first moment when he said cancer, I'm like, okay, so you're screaming to me something. So maybe it's time for me to listen if you're screaming it with a cancer. So let's do this and uh, for the moment moment zero I was just so grateful that it was arriving in my life in this moment that I'm able to look at it from this perspective and be thankful about it I know there's like a lot of language related with cancer that talk about fighting and defeating and for me it's been more about like it is part of my body my body is producing this cancer so it's 
in, inherently is part of myself. And no. uh, I decided to approach it from a perspective of love because my body is giving me this message. And I'm like, if I'm not listening now, I mean, I just go to chemo, I just take it out. My body's going to start signaling somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And for me, like really healing what's going on i'm a very healthy person like my friends were like oh my god we are all fucked if you got cancer like if you are like the healthiest person that we know and you get cancer and i as i tell everybody it's not just the body it's just not a disease that comes from this physical body i think it also comes from your spiritual and your emotional one mm-hmm. it's a mix of everything like we are very complex as human beings we are not just this physical mere body and then I started like, yes, like even more healthy with nutrition, with supplements. As a health coach, I make my, like a meal plan for myself uh, to reinforce like my immune system. I got like the best supplements that I could find on the market. I did a lot of research. Then uh, I was still like freezing my eggs and pushing chemo, pushing chemo and mm-hmm. um, doing all sorts of therapies to reboost my body, to give me more energy, to really uh, build up in case I was doing chemo. I never say I won't do chemo. I say, I always say like, I would love not to do chemo, Mm -hmm. but if I want to do it, I want to do it on my own terms. It took me three months to get into my own terms. My doctor- Like to be ready to go for the treatment of chemo. Yes, to decide to go for chemo, it took me three months. My doctors were freaking out because my cancer was a very aggressive one. Well, is a very but aggressive one. But to take that decision, yeah, you need to be very bold, I think. I mean, not every person can take this decision because it is either yeah. to, like, it is death on one side and it is like our life. So I think yes. you're very brave. Yes, yes. And I changed many doctors because they were telling me, I'm the doctor. And I'm like, but it's my body. It's mm. my body. And I know it better. I'm sorry, but I do know it better. It took me years to get to know my body, to get to listen to yeah. my body. And my body is telling me, to wait a little bit more and I'm a very smart person and I did a hell of a research and I went to see the top doctor in Barcelona he's one of the tops of the world for mm. cancer I paid a fortune to go to see him but I was like I need to at least have this opinion and then he told me almost exactly the same that my regular doctor and I'm like and then he asked me like do you work in medical field and I'm like no why like because you're so well informed. I'm like, of course, it's my life, it's my body. I want to be involved. Mm. And that's another click that I have in this journey. First one was the blessing. Like this is happening for a reason. Just, just listen to it. The second one was like, everybody just go and just like delegates this into doctor. Like right. you do. And then I was like, it was also a doctor who told me not to worry about this. So that created a little like, yeah, I I, I do have trust in issues with doctors. Like, I think I have a reasonable, (laughs) a very compelling reason when they told me to go home with cancer. So I I second, like, I I ask them and why and why this and why this study and not this other study, because I read this, I read studies. And uh, yeah, with that, the doctor, I finally didn't, um, he was nice, but he was very, not human he was like your patient and like that's it i'm like it's my life and i'm gonna let you put poison into my body and like 
I can, mm-hmm. I want to be comfortable. And yeah, universe has an amazing way to, to work. I connected with other people with cancer and one of them recommended me her doctor. And the way she did it, it was like, I just what's, I just sent him a WhatsApp and this is his number. And then you can just text him. I'm like, I tell him I can just text your oncologist. And then what? Like normally mm-hmm. they're like email and like yeah. write to me. And then when I reply to you or my secretary is going to reply to you. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. I was very like, what's this then I text him like hi I'm like this friend of this friend blah, blah. like hi yeah she told me about you how were you so tell mm-hmm. me do you have yes do you have done like yes I have send them right away by email like this is my email I'm like okay I send them and like five minutes later he's like don't you worry I check everything I have this day available when are you gonna come to see me and I'm like who are you? And then he sent me these emojis with hearts and like kisses and like hugs. I'm like, I got you. Don't you worry. We're going to do this together. And I'm like, I want this guy to be my doctor. Like mm-hmm. I, I felt, I felt like a person, not just like one more number on the list of a patient. And I think that's very important for you. At least if you're going to give yourself into medical care, that you trust that person and that you feel that there is a commitment over there. So I started working with this new doctor and then he was very respectful and he understood from the moment zero that I was not just going to follow instructions like this. I need to understand. And he just said the first time two hours and I knew everything already, but he just, he just sat with me and like, okay, ask me, you look like you're as smart as and you read everything, but just ask me, I'm going to reply all your, all your questions. And then uh, he explained, he explained me all why he was Mm -hmm. going to treatment and which studies he was referring and uh just the fact that he took the time I was like okay I think we can do this I think we can mm. do this I'm gonna sign with you and um but I also explained that I was not willing to start chemo right away that I was still needing some time and then uh, we negotiated I negotiated with my doctor mm-hmm. I was in by some date and he was pushed by another one so we commit in the mean, in the middle ground i accept to do more testing because uh he wanted to get more information about the tumor before starting the chemo and since i wanted more time he was like let's use this time take this drug that is not very invasive i was on tamoxifen for 15 days and then he did another echo another biopsy but then i felt okay with the fact that he was giving me medical uh, care but I was also having the time to go. I went and I retreat by myself. Uh, I went on my own to have a like meditation time to really come to terms. Like I realize um, I believe in self-healing mm-hmm. in the body. I believe the body has this amazing capacity of self-heal itself. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm doing everything. Like everything. I'm very convinced. I'm a very positive person. I'm healthy as part. Like I cannot be more healthy than this. And I still... I have, I was able to stop the growth of the tumor. Like my doctors were shocked in three months, it didn't grow an inch and they were doing monthly follow-ups uh-huh. and it was not spreading or anything. They were like, this is so weird. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm doing a lot of things, not the conventional medicine, but I'm doing other stuff. And then, um, yeah, that did hit me. It's like, I need to go to chemo and I need to do it in a way that it's supposed to be because it's going to mean something. And uh, 
the way I'm approaching chemo, the way I decided to do it, I'm doing a very specific meal plan. I'm helping my body with fasting. I had almost no side effects from chemo. Mm-hmm. And I had the red devil. Like chemo. literally no side effects. Like literally no nausea. Wow. Literally. Like <laughs> no, I have thought once. Like literally I'm like, when you fast before chemo, your body, when you fast, basically your cells uh, close because they're like, oh my God, you're not feeding me. I cannot mm-hmm. leave any energy out. So they just close ranks. So when you're fasting, you're, most of your cells are very close. So when the chemo gets into the body and they start running around, it cannot penetrate all the cells. Mm-hmm. So they, mm-hmm. they protect themselves. And when you have a regular fasting um, kind of um, uh, system in your life that you do it often, mm-hmm. uh, your body starts building up and then just not protecting, also regenerating, also reboosting, also rebuilding. Like some this you're telling to only cancer survivors or everyone can follow like the fasting thing you just said. For the, for the infusions, there are different kinds of chemo. They're the one with the pills every day. Mm-hmm. So it's very tricky to follow. Like, it's yeah. like you can just not eat forever. Like mm-hmm. I always do it before the infusions and the day after the infusions. Mm-hmm. So my body is protecting in the moment the chemo gets into my body. And there is this whole, um, I'm, I think I understand in that moment, it was the third click mm-hmm. that I needed to share my process. And I still remember the day that I came out of the closet as to say so, and I just make my first live and I say like, so yes, I have cancer. So let's talk about this because this is something that people just hide. And I feel that if this arrived into my life for a reason, and if you are into my life and you are watching this video, it's also into your life for a reason. So there is something for you here. And that's how yeah. I started to share my journey with everyone. And right now, I have two people, like two beautiful girls uh, following from Vancouver and UK that I'm trying also fasting for their chemos. And uh, at least one of them has had a few infusions without testing and with testing. And uh, I'm kind of coaching her to that because it's very important to have a very um, person that knows to coach you during fasting because yeah, you cannot just go not eating just like that. There's like mm. certain things you have to take into account with your body. And uh, she's doing great. She's doing great. And she's she's also recovering. And then you need less uh, shots, like pharmaceutical shots to boost your immune system because your body is recovering faster. And as I tell you, like almost no side effects besides the immune system going down and then you recover faster. And then uh, like no other thing. Like then my doctor told me like, oh my gosh, I'm like, you're not going to be able to be on the sun. Your skin is going to be like that. You're going to have rushes, the maltzers, the tasting, this, that, like the list was like mm-hmm. horrible. And then I remember the nurses were calling me the first week, like, oh, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm good. Like, I'm really good. <laughs> the first week I followed them. I, I took the medicines they, they gave me because they were really, if you don't take me, you're going to feel even worse. And I'm like, they scared, they scared me. So mm-hmm. I, I took them, I took some um, corticoids and took, so I took some anti-nauseous, I took some things to protect the stomach. 
But then my body was telling me, my body was rejecting them and my body was feeling bad with it. And then when I start injecting the shots to boost the immune system, oh my gosh, I was like, I'm not having side effects from chemo and I having side effects from these shots. I'm like, oh, why am hmm. I doing this? I'm like, how is this possible? The immune system shots, they help me to recover faster in between chemos, but the pain is unbearable. Like your back, your column, your lungs, like, like your lumbar back, all this place. You have fever, you have headache, you, you feel like super bad. And I'm like, this is not this is not good how something can make you feel that bad and push your body so Mm -hmm. i realized these shots were squeezing my body to get my immune system running and i'm like this has to be consequences to the future because everything compensates in nature you cannot be taking that much juice without taking it from someone else and i felt it felt so wrong so i was like wait a second you're telling me i have to take five shots i'm like no mister i'm not taking five shots so the first chemo I took four, the second I took zero, and, I took, and then I took one. The second one, the third one, I took two. <laughs> and then I realized two, and then I didn't took them right away. I took them half one day, half another, half one day, half another. So I wouldn't push my body too much and I would like have time to recover in between. Mm-hmm. So it was milder and I told my doctor about it, it was like, yeah, I had never a patient that did that. I'm like, but why don't you try a different way to do things? But they don't even consider. Mm-hmm. I also came clean with the fact that I was not taking the medicines that they gave me. And uh, he was going to tell me something. But then I have my blood test. I have blood tests every week that like, uh, I ask because I want to follow up all my process and I want to see how I'm doing. I'm very involved with this process and I'm very involved with my recovery and my yeah, body. I, I want to know, I also want to know if what I'm doing is working, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially. So every chemo day I have a blood test and then every week afterwards, I have another one to follow up. I have another one to follow up. So I know if what I'm doing, if the supplements are working, if my nutrition is working, if I have to reinforce something and, uh, that's how I'm approaching it and uh, so far I feel I've learned so much and uh, as I always say to people there's like many several um, keys to live a process like Mm -hmm. this and not just cancer I think that everything every hardship that gets into your life for everybody is like big in a different measure that it is there for a reason it's not just oh my god life happened and life sucks and yet it can be so hard it can be cancer it could be an accident it can be a tragedy it can be so many things but there's always a major bigger purpose and a big big source of growing and learning in everything Mm -hmm. and i decided to look at this from that perspective from from becoming a better person from like really uh letting things behind that were not serving anymore and getting new ones to this new person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's quite a journey and I think it's never over. It's just yeah. different parts of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, three major life lessons uh, which you know you, yourself taught after cancer. Oh, 
three major there's many okay let's speak three say <laughs> um, your top three my top three uh the first one without any doubt it's uh self-love mm. it's self-love it is i think everybody should like uh realize and not just hate themselves and hate their bodies because they have cancers like i never loved myself this much i never saw myself mm -hmm. i never saw myself in the mirror this pretty i i think that's why i'm taking such good care of myself and i'm so involved in my yeah. process because i truly truly love myself right now in a like way that i never never did before I think that's my main reason of doing everything than waking up, getting out of the bed every morning. Uh, second major um, life lesson, uh, everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. everything, absolutely everything happens for Do a reason. Do you know your reason? I mean, why breast cancer happened? Have you found yes. out that reason? Yes, yes, yes. I've, I've, uh, I did a lot of those. I've already, <laughs> I was already doing a lot of self-work, self-development, mm -hmm. awareness work. And um, when it hit me, I was like, okay, so there's still many things that I have unsolved. And I had uh, normally this uh, pseudoscience that is called uh, biodescodification, it links, as I tell yeah, you before, yeah. things. and normally breast cancer in the left breast is very related with motherhood issues and kids issues. And in my case, I was not having a very healthy relationship with my mom. And I was also postponing maternity for a very, very long time. And uh, it was very like, I was about to do bioresonance for a few years. And I like, I always, always, people were recommending me this therapy. And I was like, yeah, we'll do it later. Yeah, we'll do it later. And finally, when I had the cancer diagnosis, I just called and I was like, can I get an appointment, please? And the woman was like, what do you have? I'm like, breast cancer. And she has like, which breast i'm like left do you have issues with your mother or with motherhood i'm like yes how do you know <laughs> oh my so it's God. super interesting like every every there is like bio this uh, bio disqualification thing is like there's books about it and there's like every single thing is related with particular emotions your body shows you in a different way so I start working my relationship with my mom and I start calling her and I start talking to her and I start like, uh, the moment I got my uh, diagnosis, I had to block her. The relationship was so bad. Oh and my God. when my body showed me this, I'm like, okay, I need to heal this thing with my mom. I need to heal this relationship because it's affecting me. And then uh, I realized it's not only in this life with my mom now, it comes like from all my, her mom and her mom and her mom, they mm. all have kids very young and wow. I didn't. I skipped motherhood when I was supposed to biologically. Mm. So yeah. it's like so intricate, like the things I discover with this journey, it's mind blowing. And I, yeah. I'm like, I'm like super happy to be able to, to share this with people and to tell them like, look, not, like when things happen when things arrive your way whatever it is just don't say like oh why this did happen to me in terms of like poor me poor victim no mm. why is this happening to me look into the future there is a reason for this and the reason it can be positive or negative depending on how you approach it and what you take from it 
So that's basically the second major <laughs> lesson. And I think the third one will be, you don't have to do this alone. Mm-hmm. You're not alone in life if you don't want to be. And many people feel very alone, but they also, when you feel, I, 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 I've been there. I've been there. I've been feeling super alone. I remember like uh, six years ago, I was divorcing and I was in another country and I literally pushed away all the people in my life and I fucked up all the relationships with my friends and I was in a position of like being completely alone in life and I'm like, oh my God, thanks God cancer didn't arrive in that time. <laughs> <laughs> and I've done so much growing and now I have this amazing um, like network of people my people my family is not here my family lives abroad and uh but uh, having this system network around you surround you and uh, sharing with them i think it also helps you a lot to go day by day um i at uh at, at the beginning you asked me about like um i was writing some uh, some piece of a blog later uh, before and uh about how to break the news when you get a cancer uh. diagnosis. It was very funny because in my, um, I remember the first two times that I break the news, I was still in shock. So I was laughing about it because I got nervous, when I get nervous, I laugh. So I basically break the news to my flatmate, to my flatmate laughing. I arrived <laughs> from the hospital. I was like, I got cancer. And she's like, fuck. And they're like, I got cancer. I really have cancer. And she was like, this is a very bad joke. Can you please stop? Like, it's mm-hmm. not right. funny. And then after five minutes, I realized like, okay. So yeah, it's not good to break the news when you're in shock because you can be so high, so down. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important to like break the news to yourself. And that takes already a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. And when that's done, I try telling to the people close to me and to my family, and then I was like going around and like, I'm going to tell you something, but don't you worry. And that just make people go crazy. It's like what doctors told to me. Like, mm, yeah. not, like putting you on hold on weight and just creating this horrible expectation and they think it's even worse. So at the end, I was just, you know what? Let's have a coffee. We get there. So you know what? I got cancer. It's okay. I have this. I'm doing this. What about you? And then I will mm. just... One advice or suggestion for a lady who is going through breast cancer right now? Um, I think my major advice will be love yourself. Mm. Love yourself and love your body more than ever because your body is telling you something. Don't you put hate on it. Don't you reject it? Don't you like avoid to look at it? Just embrace the message your body is giving you. Yeah. And ownership on your body. Because it's yours. It's not the doctor's. It's not the nurse. And nobody is gonna take care of that body like you are going to, because they don't have to leave it. Yes. And now the last question is if you have to sum up the journey in just one line, what it would be. If you would, what, sorry? Sum up the journey in just one line. Oh, I'm going to have the most like cheesy line mm-hmm. ever. That's okay. <laughs> uh, 
I think it's all about the journey mm -hmm. and not the destination. Yeah. It's all about the journey. It's all about every single day. And not about like many people start this journey thinking when it's going to be over. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Basically, they, they disconnect from it. And I think it's very rich and it's all about the journey and the lessons you're getting every day are like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, then. thank you for your valuable time. I'm sure this session really mm -hmm. motivates people out there who have traveled or been traveling through cancer. It was lovely having you here today. Once again, thank you so much. Mm -hmm.